The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio with Beth Green, your host. This is James Maynard, your co-host. This week's topic, see the refugee crisis in Europe through a different lens. Here, former Ambassador Andres Shimoni. Barbed wire, dead children, desperate people flooding into Europe. This is what we are witnessing these days. It's heartbreaking and confusing. How can Europe cope? How can we help? Weren't we already observing mounting anti-immigrant sentiment in Europe, especially toward Muslims? How can Europe open its arms now? Who is, who isn't, and why? On this show, we are talking with a guest who can help us understand this complex situation and who can reframe these horrific events in a positive light. He is Andres Shimoni, former Hungarian ambassador to the U.S., managing director of the Center for Transatlantic Relations at Johns Hopkins University, a rock musician, and a believer in cultural diplomacy. He is very familiar with the situation in Europe, understands the migration, and is offering us deeper insight into what is happening and what is possible. Join us for an enlightening conversation that addresses our oneness while honoring common sense. Let's welcome his knowledge and awareness. And now, here's Beth. Hi, welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio. Well, I am so excited about our guest today because if you're anything like me, uh, I don't watch television, but I'm glued to the Internet day and night, and I've been seeing these uh, awful pictures and feeling terrible and feeling helpless and not knowing what to do and... Uh, you know, I was just desperate to find somebody who could shed some light on this. And as I was scouring through the Internet trying to find somebody, I found an article which uh, was published in the Huffington Post about the immigrant situation and how it could actually be an opportunity for Europe. And as soon as I read it, I said, oh, my God, that's my guy. I have to find this man. And by the way, on our Facebook page, which is Beth Green and the Inner Revolution, we have posted that article from the Huffington Post, uh, letting people see what uh, Ambassador Shimonyi is saying, and other people are saying also, uh, which I think is just a fascinating take. But you'll just have to wait to hear from him, because first we're going to give the news of the Inner Revolution. Now, let me forewarn you. Because of uh, the ambassador's uh, schedule, former ambassador's schedule, we are pre-recording this on um, this historic date of September 11th, which means a whole lot of things will have happened by the time this show airs, starting on the 17th of September. So if something happens on oh, the 12th or the 15th, and we're not referring to it, that's why. But, you know, the general situation is still going to be the same no matter what is going on. You know, the, the underlying dynamics are still going to be the same. So it's the same with the news of the inner revolution. <laughs> this week we're a little bit, we're ahead of ourselves, so you're not going to be hearing the most up-to-date news. Okay, take it away, James. Yes. Our first item of news is from NBC News, September the 1st. Pope Francis, priests can forgive abortion if women are contrite. 
Pope Francis will allow Roman Catholic priests to absolve women who have had abortions if they seek forgiveness during the upcoming Holy Year of Mercy, the Vatican announced. The pontiff said he will allow priests' discretion to absolve those who have procured an abortion and who with contrite heart seek forgiveness for it during the special year beginning December the 8th. Abortion is considered a grave sin by the Catholic Church, and those who seek it are usually excommunicated. And the Pope says, I am well aware of the pressure that has led women to this decision. I know that it is an existential and moral ideal, ordeal. Sorry. And so Pope Francis announced in March that the Holy Year, which runs until November the 20th, 2016, was a way to promote inclusiveness. Yes, yeah, so this is an inner revolutionary story because, as you know, the inner revolution is our shift of consciousness towards oneness with everything and everyone, towards accountability for the impact of our behavior on ourselves and others, and mutual support where we support the whole and the whole supports us. So here is a pope. I mean, he's got the whole history of the church behind him, but he is talking from the heart like he's trying to be in the oneness with these women and I as a counselor I have I've been an intuitive counselor for 30 years and have dealt with people from the inside out and I know what a difficult uh, decision abortion is and I'm certainly not against it and I'm not for it I am for the understanding and the support of people to do whatever is for the highest good of all, which includes that unborn baby who maybe doesn't want to be brought into a world where they can't be taken care of. But understanding the pain of that, I mean, I feel like the Pope is coming from that place of oneness. And I love that. Now, that is an inner revolution in the Catholic Church of people who are coming at it from the perspective of oneness rather than judgmentalism, which is all about separation. Okay, James. Okay, our next item is also regarding the Pope from the Atlantic. September the 8th, 2015. The Vatican's new policy on annulments, the first hint of shakeups to come. On September 3rd, Pope Francis made official reforms in church law on marriage. The Vatican has officially changed canon law on marriage annulments, making it easier for Catholics to split from their spouses with the blessing of the church. If a person claims his or her marriage is null, the church will undertake an investigation. Since about 1750, These claims have had to get approval from two separate tribunals. Tuesday's reforms eliminate the mandatory second trial, except where one party disputes the nullity claim. The announcement may be be most significant for places like the Philippines, an overwhelmingly Catholic country where it is illegal to get a divorce, and the annulment process is incredibly bureaucratic, lengthy, and expensive. This change is mainly aimed at making the annulments process less bureaucratic and more timely. You see, there's another story of compassion. I mean, here's a Pope who has some glimpse of what it's like to be in a situation where you're trapped and you've got some bureaucracy that's telling you what you can and cannot do. And I wonder if the murder rate will go down if people are able... (laughs) to annul their marriages. I don't know if you remember, there was a movie a hundred years ago, because I'm old, called Divorce Italian Style, and it was like, how am I going to murder my wife? So I feel also now, uh, this is all leading up to next week, of course. Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be next week, uh, in that the Pope is going to be in the U.S. speaking to the Congress, and heaven knows what he's going to be talking about 
uh, to President Obama and to the U.S. Congress. And we have one more story of astonishing changes that are taking place in the hearts of people. Yes, and this next news item is from one of our listeners, Annette. And this news is from the L.A. Weekly, dated September the 4th. Moving Company will help you leave an abusive partner for free. Abusive relationships often involve deep psychological ties and habitual living that's hard to escape. But one of the other key hurdles to leaving an abusive partner is the real physical work of packing up and getting out. A California moving company says it will help you do that for free. Central Coast-based Meathead Movers, a company founded <laughs> in 1997 by student-athletes, that's probably where they got the name since that was a, one of those uh, meatball uh, college movies. Uh, this week said it has partnered with domestic violence prevention nonprofit Good Shepherd to help move people out of such situations. And they say, we know how hard it is to pack up someone's life and move it to a new location. But it's unimaginable to think about a woman and her children trying to pack up all their belongings and flee before the abuser returns home. This is from Aaron Steed, the president and CEO of Meathead. Meathead Movers will work directly with the nonprofit to identify the abusive situations and provide moving services at no cost, a spokeswoman says. Not only do these services help the victims of domestic abuse, but they directly impact Meathead employees, consisting of predominantly young men who believe that real men don't hit women. Real <laughs> men help those in need. I love that story. <laughs> I mean, look at this. You don't have to be the Pope to make a difference on this planet. These are people, here young men, again, feeling compassion for mostly women are going to be the ones who are leaving these relationships. And I love that. There is a shift of consciousness on this planet. It's slow. It's arduous. It's tentative. It's being met by a lot of resistance. But there is movement. This is what gives me hope. So talk about hope. Um, Ambassador Andras Shimonyi is going to give us some hope about the situation in Europe, which, by the way, uh, we can't say exactly that it's going on over there and it isn't going on over here. I mean, sure, it's not just the Syrian refugees that President Obama, you know, has said, okay, we will let in more refugees this year. And so, you know, look, we have our own immigration issues and our own racism to deal with and our own fears and the fears of our own people who are so scared of immigrants, even though they've lived next to them for many, many years and nothing bad has ever happened to them. <laughs> but anyway, this is not a remote issue. This is a human issue. This is an issue about people being afraid of one another and of not being able to see the benefits that they can bring and, uh, and also trying to understand the feelings of those who are scared. So we are so happy to have Ambassador Andras Shimonyi uh, join us, and in a minute, I would love to ask you to give us a little bit of historic perspective, first of all, on who these immigrants are. But first of all, I have to tell you something which you don't know about me. Of course, you don't know much about me, which is my father's parents are from Hungary, hmm. which does not improve my pronunciation. <laughs> oh, your pronounce. I was going to start by asking, you know, how, how in, 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 in heaven's name, could you pronounce my name right? I mean, did you're, I? You're you're in the one percentile of Americans who can pronounce my name, so that's wonderful. Thank you for doing that. Oh my God! I so, so you are Hungarian. 
I have been elevated to the upper one percent. But uh, uh, I'm, we're, we're, uh, Andrash and I have agreed that I can call him Andrash because you know I've yep. never called anybody by their last name except doctors. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't understand why that is. You know, people are people. But um, it so happens that my well, family, doctors, doc, doctors are not people. They're doctors. That's right. <laughs> I wonder what ha- would happen if. Barack came onto the show. You know, if I could get him to have me call him by his first name. But uh, it so <laughs> happens that my fa- my grandparents, they're Jewish. So they didn't really speak Hungarian or Romanian. They were mostly spoke Yiddish. And they were refugees from Hungary. First well, of, in l- the l- beginning of the 20th century and then after the Holocaust, the few relatives that we had left... And I know they were ref- the Hungarian refugees because of the 1956 revolution. Yes. Well, let me first start by saying that I, you know, it was, um, <clears throat> I worked on that article that you referred to in the Huffington Post for, yes. for three days uh, with a Swedish friend. And uh, the fact that you read the article suggests that it was worthwhile. So... Very. Yeah, that, that's good. It was that's very good. worthwhile, and it didn't have as much um, of a readership as it should have had, as far as I'm concerned. That's why we yeah. have put it on our Facebook page, and we are trying to promote it because it's very important. And I have seen other people saying similar things about the aging of Europe, uh, yes. but nobody else has talked about the multi cultural aspect. So would you like to just very quickly summarize because of course uh, most of our listeners right now will not have read okay. the article. Well, let's let's uh, let's take uh, one step at a time because I think uh, most of your listeners are are terrified what is happening in 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 Europe these days and they must have been um, um, uh, surprised by the, the pictures that came out of Hungary, yeah. some of them are really terrible. Yeah. But I must say that there, there are, look, uh, this is a terrible crisis, and I'm, I, I also referred to this in the article. I don't think Europe was well prepared for this. They should have, they should have uh, done a better job at uh, preparing institutionally and set up organizations, set up uh, uh uh, refugee camps, uh, because may I may I just paraphrase something that you just said earlier? Oh, real men, real yeah. men help refugees. Yes, real humans. And, well, real men and real women yes. help refugees, and I I say this. I don't say this. I don't mean to be funny or cynical. I would say that here the first thing that should come to mind: how do we help these people? Yeah. And whatever the cause, whatever the reason, how do we help them? Yeah. These people, these people are fleeing from war zones, from terrible situations, and and the the first thing Europe needs to do, and Europe needs to understand. Okay, how do we deal with their immediate needs? Mm-hmm. How do we make sure that we treat them as human beings? How do we make sure that Europe shows its best? face how do we make sure that when you are meeting these people for the first time um, we express clearly what Europe stands for the values we stand for and there I think we have failed 
Mm-hmm. Now, I would also say that, let me say a few words about Hungary, you being Hungarian, and I must say that on my father's side, I also have Jewish roots, so Shana Tova. Oh, thank so you. So I would, I, would I would add that Hungary is terrified with this uh, yeah. situation. It is terrified because it is the influx of a number of people that Hungary was not prepared for. Yeah. But I would also add that while the authorities have not done their job properly, and I don't think the way the government has uh, has treated this problem is is very wise. I would also say there were thousands and thousands and thousands of Hungarians who simple citizens who were out there trying to help the the refugees. Oh. But of course, such a huge crisis is something that is why we have governments. Right. That, that's why we have uh, government institutions. That why that is why we have a state. That is why we pay taxes, so that they organize society in a time of crisis. And yeah. therefore, I would say that I would ask, the, uh, ask your, your audience to understand that there is another Hungary out there. And yeah. I speak out for this other Hungary. And in our conversation, I want to make sure that I convince your listeners that what they see about Hungary these days is not the only Hungary that, that exists. So this is one, the first thing I wanted to say. The second Thank, thing I oh, wanted to say. Wait, can I yes, stop please. you now? Because we need to go to commercial break. So people please. are going to have to sit on the edge of their seats so that they can hear the second thing that you have to say. And by the way, that uh, Andras was the ambassador to the U.S. from Hungary, and he isn't now. He's working for a Washington think tank that's part of a university. So he's not speaking as an apologist for a government. He's speaking as a human being who cares. So right now, we're going to go to commercial break, but stick around because there is so much more to come. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, TheInnerRevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.theinnerrevolution.org. I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org. Be part of the inner revolution sweeping the planet. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green on the Voice America Variety Channel. And now, also enjoy Beth's channel, Inner Revolutionary TV, on voiceamerica.tv. See inspiring videos about our guests and the inner revolution. Hear commentaries that will help clarify our time. And watch interviews of people who will matter to you. Think outside the box. 
Watch Interrevolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. You're tuned in to Interrevolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Interrevolutionary Radio. Okay, before the break, we, we started talking about, about Hungary, but I, let me say a few words about, about Europe as a whole. Yes. I, I do feel that what is lacking these days is the solidarity that Europe is supposed to be famous for, and that solidarity has to get back on track. It is not right that, that there are some countries who take the blow, Greece, Italy, Hungary, and then other countries are kind of, you know, sitting on their, their, their hands. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say that there are a few countries that stand out, Sweden, for example, that have done a, an incredible uh, job yes. in ex- a, uh, accepting refugees. Uh, but all in all, uh, it should be the whole of Europe. In, if you take that Europe is more than 400 million people, uh, compared to that huge population, the influx of refugees uh, from Syria primarily, a uh, few hundred thousand people, is a long, it's a large number, but it's nothing that Europe cannot absorb. Also, let me say something that you have already referred to. Uh, Europe is aging. It's aging fast. And, you know, uh, not enough children are, are born. And in a few years' time, Europe will wake up saying, hey, wait a minute, where do I get the workforce uh, to help us out, to provide for the... For our uh, retirement... Well, you know, people are going into retirement. Yeah. Who's going to do this? Who's going? Yeah. And 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 you know, in situations like that, I don't. You know, uh, economics is not about emotions, but anything like this, anything uh, of an order of magnitude like this crisis, has to be approached uh, uh, critically, and it also has to be approached pragmatically. Mm-hmm. And part of that is economics. Mm-hmm. And I would say that rather than this destroying Europe, this can make Europe stronger. And then there is another thing. Yeah. And I think it's important that you you mentioned multiculturalism. Yes. We either are multi- multicultural or we, we're not. You cannot be half pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. Yeah. And I do believe that multiculturalism is the essence of Europe. Look, Hungary would never have been the amazing nation without the amazing influence of Jews, of Germans, of Slavs, uh, of Ukrainians, of Romanians. It makes a country stronger. Multiculturalism, and I know people are afraid, people are scared, it's a different culture, yes. But look back, uh, look back 2,000 years. How much has Europe benefited from interaction uh, with other uh, cultures. Look at the Moors in Spain. Look at the Turks in Hungary. Mm-hmm. And so you can go on and on and on. So therefore, don't be afraid of this. Embrace multiculturalism. It is going to. It is good for you. And countries that are afraid of using their identity uh, should not be afraid of using uh, losing their identities. I think there are so many strong and proud nations in Europe 
They should not be scared of losing their culture. Having influence from others will make your culture stronger. So this is what I wanted to do, what I wanted to tell you as an introduction, and please go on ask. Okay, well, I, you know, I love what you're saying, which is, of course, is totally in alignment with our beliefs around the inner revolution. And uh, so I see you as an inner revolutionary. So (laughs) you don't have to see yourself that way. I do. But um, we have amazing guests from, you know, people dealing with different things from climate change to hip hop. By the way, we've had a number of uh, musicians on who are carrying a social message, which I know you believe in, too. I've seen your rock and roll. Uh, well, you might as well tell your audience that uh, Jeff Jeff Baxter from Steely Dan is in my band. Now, how do you like that, guys? This is, we have a guy here who started, you are very good on that electric guitar. But um, <laughs> look, but what I what I would like to, uh, to yes. say is, that, you know, there's people all over who are, coming to a new consciousness and a new awareness at the same time there's a lot of contraction and fear i mean all you have to do is look at donald trump to see what's happening around immigration in this country with uh in my to my way of thinking very little provocation since we know the great boon that uh migrants have had on our economy as well and how are you going to get past that? I mean, we were we were seeing some horrible stories coming out of Europe about the anti-Islamic sentiment from Britain in Germany, which is opening up its arms to all of these immigrants. Uh, it's kind of scary. And uh, how how do you explain the fear that these people are carrying? And what makes you think? That, that as a society that people are going to be able to get past that fear? Well, first, uh, I, I think fear is understandable. Europe has been through a very difficult uh, few decades. Uh, the, the fall of communism was an, an amazing and fantastic thing. It liberated my country. But it also came at a price, and it was a very difficult transition. I would what also was, say was, that... Well, could yes, you just explain what price was that oh well well people came from a from a dictatorship that was you know that would uh that would provide security from cradle to grave yeah and suddenly comes democracy and they find out hey this is great it's good to be free but (laughs) you know (laughs) it's a little scary yeah and so don't forget that people are people are afraid people are scared it also you know, countries in transition were hit more by the economic crisis than, than others. And they could absorb uh, the economic crisis uh, much worse than others. Mm-hmm. Which, which means that, you know, it's a very, very di- difficult few, dec- a few decades uh, behind us. And suddenly, people are scared of the future. People mm-hmm. don't know. There is very, you know, I, I would say that leadership in the Western world is le- is very weak these days. Mm. We don't have, it seems that we have lost our compass. Where are we heading? Is it all about just about money or is it about something much more? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it about greed? Or is talk- it about are is it in- about solidarity and and welfare for uh, for as many as possible? Are, are you referring to when you say in the Western world, are you including the U.S. in that? I'm including the United States and and Europe and okay. Australia 
and I, I include yeah. Japan and, 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 and South Korea. I, I include all the democracies that we're talking about. Okay. The, West, the West, in my concept, is not a geographic or a right. political concept. Right. It's really about the countries that basically share the same values uh, and support for the same democratic institutions, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. I, would, I would, let me say this. The world, you know, people are afraid. People are scared. And what are populists doing? They were exploiting their fears. Yeah. And that is really the scariest part of this story because when you see people going against <clears throat> against uh, uh, the refugees, it's really about, it's really the people who are otherwise trying to find the weakest point in people's lives and are, are, are scaremongering. I would also immediately want to add, of course, are there risks involved? Yes. But I would, I would add that at this moment, the analysis shows that this, uh, uh, the, 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 the ISIS threat, that ISIS comes in with these refugees who are, by the way, fleeing ISIS uh, themselves, uh, it's not only exaggerated, but it's part of the ISIS uh, propaganda. And I think it's very important that uh, we don't buy into that. There are risks involved, and I don't discard the 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 the, the possibility of uh, something terrible happening. But I would also, but I would add that these are what I can see that many of these people are very highly educated, very cultured, uh, and are just looking for safety and security. And I will also also think that many of these people <clears throat> would return to mostly Syria, would return to their country. Once uh, once the situation is uh, is 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 settling, uh, so so you know it's a very complex situation, and I just want to conclude uh, this round by by saying, look, it's a complex situation which requires complex answers, and we have simply not been able to come up with those complex answers. So um, I just like you to re- return just for a second to one point that you just made because I was getting that impression too that a lot of these people are educated. I mean, how did they get the means to leave? I bet there's a lot of people back home who really can't even leave, the poorer people. And is would you say that that's generally the case? Well, you know, I I, I don't. I haven't seen any figures. I have. It's just my personal impression because okay. uh, because the people I have seen, and and also uh, this is really the sad part of it. Also, what I've heard, how much money uh, organized crime yeah. uh, is uh, extorting from from these people. It's it's really it's 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 huge amounts of money, uh, especially when you when you um, look into their. Uh, uh, their financial situation in general in the, that part of the world. You know, you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, yeah. which is a fortune for these people. Oh, yes. So, yes. And, and you know what you're talking about is, again, how our lack of foresight and willingness to confront issues actually creates um, organized crime, gangs. <laughs> you know what I mean? This happens all the time, that they will come in and they will fill that vacuum because we haven't filled it. Well, because, because we're, uh, we're not hitting hard enough uh, at them. 
and they're just exploiting a situation. And it's very, very sad to see that, you know, organized crime, I have no idea who's behind it. Yeah. But don't be surprised if we one day, and I mentioned that in the article, we find find out that, you know, Russia has a hand in this. They're not interested in a smooth solution of this. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're interested in deflecting focus uh, from the Ukraine crisis. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't want to say that they they are the ones, but I would say that uh, there might be. Uh, I can imagine that there are a number of countries that are. By the way, uh, um, uh, assisting organized crime in a, in order to make the situation uh, more complicated. One more thing I want to add: it is a, it is stunning that countries like uh, Lebanon, uh, countries like uh, like Turkey have have taken in millions millions of people. Yes, we've not talked about it. Yes, and you know these guys these this is it's these are huge huge numbers. And I'm just wondering why the wealthy Arab states that live in, in security and, and peace and who have, who could afford to, to support uh, these refugees are not doing more. Well, that is a very good question. So with that question, we're going to take our last commercial break. So stick around because I have a lot more questions for Andras Shimanyi. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, TheInnerRevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.TheInnerRevolution.org. I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org. Be part of the inner revolution sweeping the planet. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green on the Voice America Variety Channel. And now, also enjoy Beth's channel, Inner Revolutionary TV, on voiceamerica.tv. See inspiring videos about our guests and the inner revolution. Hear commentaries that will help clarify our time. And watch interviews of people who will matter to you. Think outside the box. Watch Inner Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. News, opinion, Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Interrevolutionary Radio. We're back on the air with Andras Shimonyi, and uh, we're talking about the uh, Europe refugee crisis. And, uh, but we are now going to be getting onto a topic of Budapest. I don't know what it is, but it's going to surprise me as much as you. Yes, and my family is from Transylvania, which was sometimes Hungary and sometimes Romania. So what is it about Budapest that you'd like to tell us? I would just like to say it's a beautiful, beautiful place, and you should all visit it. Oh, I wish that I could. I understand that Hungary is a gorgeous country. It is. Do you miss it living here in the... Um, you live in Washington, D.C. now, don't you? I live in Washington, D.C. I miss Budapest a lot, but I really enjoy being in Washington. What is it about being in Washington that you enjoy? Uh, in my profession, this is the place to be. And that profe- what would you call your profession? <laughs> you work for a think well, tank. We're, we're in the think tank world, and uh, our job is to deal in, uh, uh, in um, uh, security matters, uh, uh, strategic issues, defense issues, economic issues, human rights if- issues, you know, including LGBT rights. This is the place to be. You know, I'm glad that you said that because when I took a look at your website for your Center for Transatlantic Studies, did I do that right? I I never remember. I have a very poor memory. That's good enough. Good. good. Thank you. Uh, It's in your biography on our host page. Um, So I I saw that you had written a lot of very interesting things that your organization, like, for instance, about LGBT rights and Ireland and... I thought, wow, I like these guys. Look at what they're doing. See, my vision of a think tank is, oh, these are a lot of people who are trying to figure out how to advance the capitalist societies over the dead bodies of the indigenous peoples, right? Or Henry Kissinger and the Vietnam War, that kind of thing. So I know that's incredibly ignorant, but on my part, but... I love to display my ignorance so that I can be corrected. Um, and so that, you know, I, I've always had this feeling that there's some sinister people sitting around who are just caring about advancing some horrible agenda. <laughs> and no, then I, I, I no, 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 on the contrary. You know, our job, um, <clears throat> our, our job is, is to, you know, put together the facts and try to figure out what is going to happen before others, uh, others do. And also to figure out trends. And our job is to be the conscience of, uh, of policymakers. So in, in this respect, you know, we, we deal with a, a, a whole number of issues, uh, security, economics and human rights. And I would, you know, it's very important that people understand that LGBT rights is human rights, but it's the cutting edge of human rights. And if you don't understand that, then you don't you don't get it. So that is why we're dealing uh, with uh, LGBT uh, rights issues, uh, and we we deal with that in a geopolitical context. So just to explain it to you, you know, being being having a very very strong uh, Jewish background, I would say that it's better it's better if Jews uh, and anti-Semitism is not only fought by Jews, and it is better if it's not just gay people who fight. Uh, for LGBT rights. Oh my goodness! This, and isn't it better if men are fighting for women's rights? 
Well, that's true. I'm, you know, there are a lot of things we could include here, but I just wanted to give you a sense of why we think it is so important that a think tank at pretty much uh, one of the best uh, strategic schools in the world, at Johns Hopkins University, uh, deals with this. And you know, I, I, I hope your your uh, listeners will understand why I think personally is so important. It is so important. Why do you think LGBT rights in particular, not that I don't agree that that's incredibly important, why do you think that that's at the cutting edge? You know, uh, I, I, have, uh, I have been dealing with uh, this issue for, for three years now. Uh, in, in the run-up to the Sochi Olympics, when, 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 when Vladimir Putin started to push back on, on the rights of LGBT people in Russia, and there and understood... That what happens to what happens to the LGBT community is the canary in the coal mine. Ah, uh, yeah. It's the it's the harbinger of worse things to come for everybody. It is it, for everybody. So you know you you neglect this, then you don't understand what is about to come. And so we have been dealing with this, and I must tell you that for me it has been a fascinating experience uh, to be uh, to be. Um, uh, accepted um, as a think tanker in the LGBT community, uh, you know, it's nothing, it's not important and it really doesn't matter, but not being gay, it really doesn't make a difference when we sit down with gay people talking about uh, LGBT strategies. And I must say that it has been a fascinating, fascinating experience. I really appreciate what you're saying because this is so true that as soon as, soon as you identify some group of powerless people who you can attack and that is allowed by the society, everything goes afterwards. It's like what happened to the Jews in, in Germany. You know, okay, it wasn't just the Jews. I mean, the, the, the Germans were shut up. <laughs> you know, that... Uh, you can't let it happen to anybody, and I'm. And in in our country, of course, the issue of racism is so important that if we allow anybody to have their votes taken away from them, then everybody's votes are at stake. So I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm so happy uh, to you know to see this uh, kind of. I loved it when you talked about being the conscience. You know, somebody, I want to feel that there's somebody out there who is that conscience and who's speaking to policymakers. Now, I'm going to ask you what may be a very impertinent question, but how much power do you and your fellows have to actually influence the European Union, Europe, even the U.S., to take on what is a much more enlightened approach to any situation, especially we're talking about the, uh, the migrant crisis? Well, sound like bragging, but I do think that we, we do have some influence. Uh, the, the biggest crisis in Europe, and I don't mean to be uh, cynical here, the biggest crisis in Europe is the lack of ideas and ideas do come from think tanks like ours, and they listen to us. Look, we are also a platform for debate and, and discussion. Mm-hmm. We're also a platform where European leaders and U.S. leaders get together to discuss issues uh, that are important to the transatlantic community and democracies. So I would say that we do have we do have uh, uh, influence, and. <clears throat> And I, I also would say that we have uh, we have a great deal of credibility. 
I think we're honest brokers. We don't take sides. Well, we where we take sides is on on the on the values. There we have, you know, I don't hesitate to say that we we uh, do uh, stand uh, on on certain set of values. But otherwise, you know, we're we're free thinkers. We we don't hesitate to criticize, and we don't criti- we don't hesitate to praise where praise is due. So I would add, I would say that yes, they listen to us, and we have a very close cooperation with the European Commission, the European Parliament, uh, the U.S. Congress, uh, the government of the United States. So I'm I, I can tell you that uh, I'm I'm you know this is why I say, uh, you know, being on what I call a think tank row in Washington D.C., which is a small stretch of land uh, on Massachusetts Avenue, <laughs> is a fascinating thing for a per, uh, for a for a person like me. Well, I could really appreciate that because. Uh, and now I'm gonna. This is going to sound perhaps ridiculous to you, but I've had this burning desire to to help uh, humanity. I, I for some reason probably since I was born, and that was a long time ago. Uh, and I just have that drive, and I've always felt very frustrated that you know I do a tremendous amount of work, and I think, oh, is this really helping? A- am I doing any good? You know, I've designed programs, write books, you know, do blogs, do this, trying to get past a certain kind of denial. And um, I feel, honestly, like I haven't accomplished that much in my life. <laughs> I, Never I say that. Beth, well, <laughs> let me, let me, Beth, uh, you're, I'm a, I'm a lot older than you. You let are you not. A, you yeah, are I am not. a lot older. No, 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 no. And listen to me. Okay. Never say this. And I have to say there is nothing, every person can make a contribution. And I say this knowing that you know some per, some people think more about themselves than others but the bottom line is every person can make a contribution and what you are doing now asking me questions asking me the right questions and going through the trouble to get through to me and call me and hunt me down and push me into this interview <laughs> is really a proof that you're doing the right thing oh thank you so much and by the way i'm 70 ah well, <laughs> so yeah. I bet I'm older than you, but I I'm have, getting there. I'm getting, getting there. You're getting there. You're ca- young man. You're catching okay. up with me. But okay. I, uh, but I am thrilled. What you know, we interviewed uh, last week, Shutescat uh, Martinez, who's a 15-year-old who is uh, organizing kids in over 50 countries to combat climate change. Right. And I look, and they've already got like a hundred thousand, and there and there's more. And he's been to the UN, and I look at him and I say, "Oh my God, how did you do that?" <laughs> you know, he's been an environmentalist since he was six. I am thrilled, thrilled to find as the marvelous people who come on this show, people who are having an impact. This is what gives me hope. It's only my ego that gets in the way and says, "What's wrong with you, Beth?" You know what mm. I mean? <laughs> because it's so irrelevant. The truth is we are all a small part of a vast evolution. And I so agree with you. And that is so much the principles that we're trying to communicate to our audience. Whatever arena where you can make a difference and be an inner revolutionary, do it. And I also want to say one more thing is about you that I saw because, you know, I was trying to find out who is this guy. I feel in my I'm an intuitive. 
that's who I am. I learn through the divine guidance that somehow comes to me. I don't know where it comes from. But when I saw your article and I looked at that face, I said, I've got to get this man on my show. <laughs> I didn't know anything much about you, but I felt this drive to hunt you down. And I'm so glad because you are just the right person to, to, to fit this shoe and to fit this foot. And so I'm so glad. But you see, I go by my instinct, my, my gut instinct, my connection to the divine. And I feel this excitement about how we are coming together. And I saw you later, after you were already booked on the show, I saw a video of you saying to students, question me. You were talking at a conference. Ask okay. me questions. Question everything. This is one of my hallmark statements. Question everything. There is absolutely nothing sacrosanct about the way we are doing things in our world today. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, our world is a mess, if you ask me, in so many ways. And that greed and that self-centeredness and that it's all about me is at the root of all evil. And we have to somehow lovingly move ourselves beyond that so that we can actually realize and recognize that we are not our brother's keeper. We are our brothers and that what is happening here is happening to me. And I feel like you are another me in a different incarnation, you know, with a different background. And uh, I'm so happy to know that you're out there and that you are bringing this idea and this perspective into the halls of government. And uh, as we are trying to bring this into the hearts of people who are listening to our show, and together we can make a difference in this world, and I feel like I've just gotten on a soapbox, but <laughs> I feel this, honestly, in my heart. Well, thank you, and I, I must say that this was, this was I, I, I really enjoyed talking to you both, uh, and to your listeners, uh, seriously, uh, look at Hungary as a country that has given so many fantastic people to the world. Look at Hungary that has been, has made many mistakes in the past. We have suffered a lot. Uh, but with your understanding, we'll get back on track. Thank you so much. So before we say goodbye, James, I usually at the end of our show, I ask you to tell us what we're doing next week. Well, I don't know because this is September 11th and not <laughs> September 17th. So I don't know what we're doing on our show on the 24th. But you tune in anyway, because whatever it is, it's going to be a great surprise, and it's going to move us all forward. Well, is there, I, I think you just said what you really wanted to share, which is that we should not judge each other by the worst of what we do, that we should look past that and try to look into the hearts of people and have some understanding and see also the best of what we do. So I cannot thank you enough for having taken the time. I know how busy I, you are and you're going to be going back to Europe. Our blessings and our, our love go with you. And please, if you have any news of the inner revolution or what you would ever call it, or is there any way that we can help you, please let us know. Put us in your Rolodex and say, oh, I would like the best audience to know about this and please stay in touch. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. A lot has happened since we recorded this program. Many of you have seen it. First, tens of thousands of Europeans marched in the street welcoming the migrants. 
Then we saw the uh, German boundaries suddenly shut and the Hungarian boundaries really fixed and people on the other side of the uh, this razor-like fence crying in Serbia. So there's so much happening every day. But the major focus of our radio recording remains the same. And the second thing is we found out who our mystery guest is going to be for September 24th, and that is me. I'm going to be interviewed by Christine Benton, a terrific person and a member of the innerrevolution.org, who is going to find out what it took to become an interrevolutionary. She'll be asking me about my extensive political social activist history, my spiritual awakening, how I became a spiritual teacher, the books that I've written, the programs that I've developed to help people. She'll be helping me offer you lots of exciting information about the inner revolution. So tune in. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Interrevolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 